Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Friday, March 24th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith ready to break down this uh, Friday NHL slate. Just three games on tap, a light slate on this Friday as it normally is, uh, but we'll break them all down in just a few moments. Uh, we remind you as well, we have our next BetCast coming your way next Tuesday, uh, March the 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Live betting and commentary with me, Alex, and our guests, most of them viewers and listeners, drinking and courage, DM at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com, and we will send you the uh, link for the BetCast, and we will bring you on to the BetCast with us again next Tuesday. They've been a lot of fun, uh, these weekly live BetCasts. And remember, these are going to keep on rolling right through the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. So definitely lots of BetCasts in store uh, for the rest of the season and playoffs. The next one on Tuesday uh, next week, so make sure uh, you join us uh, for that. And yes, we will be having a Saturday one at some point. We're just, I'm waiting for this tournament to end the basketball uh, you know, March Madness and all that. And once we get past that, we'll have some Saturday bet. Like some of our playoff bet casts will be Saturday. Uh, yeah. No question about that. And uh, we'll definitely have a couple bet casts on during the playoffs on Saturday. And uh, I for think sure. too, like the Tuesday cards have just been so great. Like we, yeah. we were talking about doing like some Thursdays and Saturdays when we talked about doing the weekly bet cast. But every Tuesday has been not only just with how many games, but just good quality games. So we've just always been like, well, let's just keep it Tuesday. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plus, we've gotten a really good uh, turnout of people every Tuesday that we've had it. But we will have another, at least one more Saturday one, no yeah. question, uh, during the uh, playoffs because that was uh, fun. It's just always hit or miss with Saturdays with certain people because it's you know kind of a day where they're with family and they're doing other things and you know they're off work but they want to spend it you know doing other things, right. not just sure. you know stuck and watching. Uh, not that they should feel like it's a, a crutch to watch hockey all day and all night, but you know <laughs> what I mean, tune into the BetCast for hours on end on a Saturday. But, yeah, definitely we will have one on a Saturday during the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, last night's action, as we look back on it, a uh, very busy Saturday night. Uh, we saw the uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, with a 5-4 shootout win over the Minnesota Wild, and uh, the thought – for, on my standpoint, that we'd see maybe overtime in that game came to fruition with the uh, draw cashing at plus 330 with Minnesota and Philly. See, Minnesota's a team I don't mind taking the draw with, even against an inferior team. Sometimes you will see them still just struggle to get by and just do enough, and that's what uh, we saw last night, although last night Philadelphia ends up beating them uh, in the uh, shootout. So not an easy game for uh, Minnesota. The Flyers get the 5-4 win in a shootout. Uh, we saw the Rangers uh, after giving up the first goal, come back, beat the uh, Hurricanes 2-1 to one, uh, yet last night. So a very good win for the uh, Rangers. And it shows you that the Rangers, even with all this offensive talent they have up front, if they need to win a game low scoring, they can do it. And they should be able to do it when you've got, obviously, Igor Shosturkin in net. Uh, and they were certainly able to do that last night, a 2-1 to one victory for the uh, Rangers as they bounce back from losing at home to Carolina just a couple nights ago. More problems for Tampa Bay. Uh, their third straight loss. They get whipped by the Ottawa Senators 7-2 to two, uh, last night. And you could tell early in that game, that was as clear as day. One team wanted the two points a lot more than the other. 
It was clear as day. I mean, Ottawa is obviously, look, they need two points almost every night they take to the ice right now uh, if they have any hopes of crawling their way back into the wild card race. Whereas Tampa Bay, now with that loss, you wonder where this incentive is going to be for them moving forward, Alex, because now with Toronto beating Florida last night, Tampa is now five points back of Toronto for the home ice advantage in their first round series. And Toronto still has two games in hand on the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. So not only is Tampa five back of the Leafs now, but two games in hand the Leafs still have uh, on this Lightning team. So let's just put it, call it like we see it. The chances of Tampa Bay getting home ice against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in that series are getting slimmer and slimmer, and they're almost nil at this point. Yeah, that that Tampa Bay team, like I said, they've got about maybe in my in my eyes, they've got no more than fifteen games left, and that's of course uh, including the regular season. This is this team's just not built right now to you know withstand the best of seven series with all the talent that they have. They just can't put it together for whatever reason. And I don't even know at this point. It it, it doesn't even seem like it's fatigue. You know. We, we talked about that angle for, you know, months. It, it seems like it's even deeper than that. I don't know if, it, if it's just, just internal issues or, if it, you know, it's just teams are actually just better than them right now. Like, I mean, like I said, the, the talent's there, but they aren't putting it together for whatever reason. There's no reason you should be losing 7-2 to Ottawa. I'm sorry. Tampa Bay is, is a still a better team in my eyes than Ottawa uh, on paper. But like I said, it's just it's the will and, and, and the way that, that Ottawa finds this in – I just, yeah, I, if I'm a Lightning fan, I'm super concerned. Like I said, I don't think this is going to be uh, a long postseason run. If I'm a Leafs fan, I'm thrilled because, you know, the, the time is now. There has never been a better time for the Leafs to be in a spot to win a series and get things rolling in the right way in the postseason. Like I said, you're more likely going to end up with home ice. And I was talking to somebody yesterday about that series. I said, I really don't see where if those two teams play in, in Toronto gets game one at home. I don't see where Tampa Bay wins more than a game in that series. You know, that 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 first game, it you know the crowd is going to be electric and alive in Toronto. And they have to win the first game, of course, because, you know, with every loss Toronto ever has in the playoffs, and then we'll talk about this again in a month from now, but every loss they have, that's when the doubt creeps in. That's when, yeah. you know, all the naysayers and the boo birds and everybody come out of the woodworks. They have to win that first game in that series. But I think if they can do that and do that in convincing fashion, it may be a really quick series for them and, and, a, and a, a quick route to the golf course with Lightning. They just don't have it right now. Yeah, they don't have it right now. Neil, to his point, I will say this. Th- th- there's a possibility they'll turn it on in the playoffs. There is, but I don't know. Just to me, I don't. I, I, this, this looks a little bit different than just late-season malaise and late-season struggles and late-season we don't care. This looks like there's just not a team that's in sync right now or playing all that well. What's Tanner Janot done? Exactly right, Poe Buddy's Nerfic. What on earth is going on with him You know, right now for the uh, Lightning? He's given them absolutely nothing offensively. Nothing at all. Uh, and, uh, no, he's given, throwing his weight around. Even there, I don't find he's noticeable in the physical department, which is supposed to be, you know, one of his attributes uh, for this team. So that's looking like an underwhelming trade acquisition, at least in the early returns. Maybe the playoffs, again, just like the whole team are different for Janot, but right now, very underwhelming. And think about what we talked about in October. There were three teams we mentioned that we said, you know, they're probably going to start slow, but once things get cooking and they get past the, the all-star break and the trade deadline, that's when they get things rolling. Pittsburgh, Colorado, Tampa Bay. 
We've seen Pittsburgh do it. They've had their issues and injuries as well throughout the entire time. Colorado, the injury bug has been biting the shit out of them for literally you know, well over half the season, but they still have been able to string wins together and now put themselves back in that division race. Tampa Bay is the only team that even with a little bit of momentum kind of in the middle of the year, they just have not been able to string that consistency and get back into the form that we're used to seeing them play in late March heading into the postseason. You know, throughout all these years, even the year that they had that great, uh, you know, run and won the President's Trophy and then got swept, they were playing good hockey going into the playoffs. We just haven't seen that right now. And I think, like I said, it's, it's completely different. This isn't just the lull of waiting for the postseason and, and, and getting geared up and ready. This isn't what Boston's doing or what Pittsburgh used to do. This is something different. This looks like a team. This is like the Hawks with that year that they got swept uh, against Nashville. That's what they remind me of. That, that's the yeah. same kind of pattern where the Hawks are just like, okay, well, now we know we're going to the playoffs. We got Nashville. We've beaten them before. Maybe we can take care of business. And then what happened? They got swept. Yeah. You, know, you know, one of my regrets last night uh, was speaking of Tampa and their opponent, Toronto, was not betting Toronto. Now, I shouldn't complain. That game was still great for me because I had a live over, and I had the uh, both teams to score in the first period with that Leafs and that Panthers game. But mm-hmm. I was looking at that game. I said it on yesterday's show. I think both teams bring it. But and, and there's Toronto at plus 120, and we know they're better than Florida. We know that. And if both teams are going to bring it, you're going to not take the better team at plus 120. And because I, I was tempted to take Toronto, but I'm like, wait a minute, Florida's back home. They played well at home. They need the two points badly. And yet I was that little voice inside my head said, take Toronto because they don't, they're not going to be happy about that Islander game. They're going to play hard. They're going to play well and bounce back. And they're the better team. They'll get it done. And sure enough, they did. Six to two. So I felt I left money on the table, not betting Toronto. I I bet Toronto, but it wasn't, that wasn't me backing Toronto. I had Toronto plus 120, but it wasn't backing Toronto. It's fading Florida. Like I'm (laughs) done trusting Florida. I'm done trusting Florida to to, to win games. And and, uh, like I said, at at home against a playoff team, when you should step up, they didn't. They folded. Yeah. So that uh, it was a that was a, uh, a pick that I had. I, I love that spot, and it's a day, shame I wasn't on the show yesterday. It wasn't feeling well. I would have given that out. That 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 should have really been the best bet because what I gave out on the on the card on Patreon was the Penguins and Stars, which wasn't a bad best bet for the draw. That should have gone to OT the way that they were playing, and, and and you know ample chances by Pittsburgh to try to tie a game up. But that's a great Dallas Stars win. That's the kind of win they need in the playoffs. That Jake Ottinger shutting things down late, making big yep. saves getting those timely goals from uh, Ben and Pavelski late in the third period. that That's the kind of hockey. That's what makes Dallas really dangerous. Yes, they can run you up and score seven or eight goals and, and, and blow you out the water, but the fact that they can hold tight, play that physical, uh, hard-checking game, but still get the offensive wherewithal to score and, and, and not get down on themselves when down late in the game, that's that with the resiliency and those marks that you see from previous champions and that's why I think Dallas is a strong contender to win out of the West. That was a good win. And look, Dallas needs to – Dallas can't be wheeling and dealing and running and gunning like they have been the last few weeks. I know they've scored a lot. They've played a lot of overs. But that's not going to be their way to win in the playoffs. It's going to be timely scoring. It's going to be good defensive hockey. It's going to be Jake Ottinger reclaiming the form he had last year and in the playoffs. And we saw signs of that last night. That style, that prototype is what's going to go far for Dallas in the playoffs. Well, and the thing is, I mean, and and it will, right? And that's the thing. You have to be able to play that kind of hockey. But the thing that separates the good playoff teams from the great playoff teams is the ability to do both. Talk about the New York Islanders all the time, right? The New York Islanders played, you know, they've been playing playoff hockey for 12 years, as far as I'm concerned, in the regular season, the way that they shut things down. Like, that's just their mode of operation. But they can't string together the – high scoring offense when you need it. And like I said, I, I think that's something that's really going to be 
uh, thing to watch for in the first round, in the first few games of the first round, I think we're going to see a lot more high scoring in, in this. And then we're going to see things uh, kind of tape paper. It's almost like the first round is like a first period of a game. We're going to yeah. see a lot of high scoring, a lot of back and forth, a lot of leads, you know, blown and traded back and forth. Those second and third rounds is when the defense started to tighten up the physicality. How strong and healthy are you, uh, you know, going through this grind? That's when that comes in. So the fact that Dallas can play both, I think that gives them more of an advantage over some of these teams that, yeah, they can play that grinded out playoff style. But can they turn up that offense when it, when when a game gets out of hand and it becomes a bar burner? Because we have seen yeah. that a lot in some of these previous first rounds. Yeah, that definitely. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see exactly. Will we have that little fast start in terms of the scoring department uh, early uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, Washington 6-1 over Chicago last night. Uh, uh, for the Blackhawks. Uh, Blackhawks doing what they should be doing, losing. Let's be honest. And uh, obviously 6-1, a loss last night to the uh, Washington Capitals. St. Louis, 4-3 win against Detroit. I was on the Blues there. Very disappointed Vrana didn't make more of an impact. Like, none of the Vrana props cashed for me last night. 0-3 oh, with them, honestly. The shots on goal fell short. Didn't get a goal. Didn't get a point. Thought he'd be chomping at the bit against his old team. But St. Louis does get the win, so that was good to see. 4-3 uh, over the uh, Red Wings. Uh, we saw Nashville in a shootout, 2-1 over Seattle. I was on the draw in that game uh, for a little bit. Uh, it was a it was a good uh, draw candidate in my opinion, and the uh, Predators get a two to one win. And those same two teams are back at it Saturday uh, against uh, each other in Nashville. So another big pivotal game, especially for the Predators, who actually are still hanging around there in that race. Although they didn't benefit from the Winnipeg Jets winning uh, last night, three two over Anaheim, huge two points for Winnipeg to keep pace with Nashville and with Calgary, who uh, ended up losing 3-2 last night to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so you're saying the Calgary Flames scored two goals on 44 shots and lost by one goal. I haven't seen that before. I haven't <laughs> seen that happen before this year. 44 <laughs> shots, only two goals, and they come up a goal short and lose. Oh, haven't yeah. seen that type of uh, Calgary Flames performance this season. <laughs> oh, no, only on the contrary. <laughs> only seen it 20 fucking times, it feels like. <laughs> Right, uh, my yeah. goodness. And uh, once again, just can't bury a chance uh, when they need it. Uh, Logan Thompson, by the way, injured in the third period, left the game. Jonathan Quick has to come in, and he had to make a couple of really nice saves down the stretch to preserve that lead for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But again, a 3-2 win for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights over the uh, Calgary Flames. And Vancouver, 7-2 win over San Jose. as they. Uh, that was a good game for me as I was on Vancouver double up last night. First period puck line and in regulation, playing good hockey. And I figured, hey, this is their chance to really step up after a tough loss to Vegas against this San Jose team that's now lost eight in a row. David Quinn getting frustrated in the press conference saying, we may be losing now, but this ain't going to continue next year. Uh, talking about the uh, struggles <laughs> of the uh, San Jose Sharks. And, uh, yeah, tough season, obviously, for him. I mean, first year, he knows he's coming to a rebuilding team. But you can tell the frustrations and just the constant losing you know, it's really starting to boil over uh, for him. Speaking of losing, uh, Vancouver Canuck fans, even hockey fans in general, they're going to be losing out saying goodbye to John Garrett. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I heard it last night because nobody in nobody had any idea he was doing this after the season, that he was going to call it a, a career after this season as the 20-plus year analyst on television for the uh, Vancouver uh, Canucks. But there he was, just in the middle of the broadcast, just all of a sudden, he, I guess he said to the producer, give me 30 seconds here, I've got an announcement to make. And there was the announcement that uh, he will no longer be the uh, Canuck television analyst retiring after 21 years of doing it uh, on uh, Rogers Sportsnet Pacific. And uh, very, very witty. 
humorous, entertaining, engaging character. Well, my problem with with the Canuck broadcast has solely been the voice of his partner, John Shorthouse. You know, John Shorthouse and John Garrett, though John Shorthouse is good at his job. I just can't. I just the voice just bothers me with him. Mm-hmm. But he's very good. He's had a great, great rapport with John Garrett uh, all these years that they've been together. They've they've bantered back and forth. They crack jokes it's, and, and all that. You know, all the good stuff you want in a broadcast. So that part of it will be missed. He's been with the organization forever. Of course, he was the goal, goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks going way back uh, in the day. John Garrett. So good career. We wish him well and just totally caught everybody by surprise. Everyone was stunned because I don't think they expected this to be the final season for John Garrett. They expected him back for at least another few years. He's getting up there in age, but I think he could have maybe kept going for another few years if he wanted it. But this is the end of the road. And after this season, uh, John Garrett will be sailing off into the sunset. So best wishes. And I know Canuck fans will miss him because he's been with the team on television for so long. Yeah, and I, I hope everything's okay because I know he, he did say that he will be taking some different roles with Sportsnet. He won't be just completely off the air. So I don't know, maybe it's just uh, you know he had to kind of cut back on the travel or different things. But yeah, like I said, you know, uh, a, a solid voice for years when you hear uh, Canucks games, and he says uh, it, it's always tough for any fan base to to lose you know a voice you get accustomed to. I know that all too well, of course, with the Hawks losing. Uh, Pat Foley and Eddie O last year. So, you know, that that's always tough for fans to, you know, you, you get used to a voice and you get comfortable in that, you know, for a long time and, and, and that change is always a little bit different. So, uh, you know, like I said, you know, best wishes to him and uh, like I said, hopefully the Canucks will be able to get somebody of a, of a higher quality to replace him moving forward next season. Yeah, will it be Bieksa? I don't know. Bieksa's would have to move out there. That's the thing. Well, he's familiar yeah. with living out there, obviously. Yeah, course, he played yeah. for the Canucks. But uh, he's also doing Hockey. Saturday night studio work, though, for Hockey Night in Canada. Does he want to give that up? Because he probably yeah. would have to give that up if he's going to become the uh, Vancouver television analyst full-time. Perhaps. Well, maybe I'm sure not, not, his name will I mean, be they the I was gonna say, I rotate so many, so many people now. You think, of, look at what you know. We talked about that, and if you guys haven't seen that, check out Patreon.com. We talked about the TV announcer, uh, the rankings that Ian has. You know, a lot of you know the guys they rotate around, of course, because people you know have national obligations and things. So yep. that's probably, and that seems like the kind of the future of broadcasting. Even when you break down the other sports, I was just reading about with uh, talking about Jason Benetti, of course, voice yep. of the White Sox, but does great work with college football, and basketball talking about how they have to shuffle things around and for him to redo his contract with the Sox. So I feel yeah, like, like he's way... not doing 162 White Sox games. No, this year. Absolutely. Not a yeah. no, no. <laughs> so, and that's the thing. So with, with how TV's changing and different things and, and, and you know, uh, of course now with this whole Valley bankruptcy thing, and we don't know where the hell any of these games are going to be on TV in, in the next, you know, 12 months. Uh, a lot of people just kind of bounce around all the place, which I don't really care for too much. I like consistency with the broadcast. Uh, for a local team, national, that's that's whatever. But, you know, I, I kind of like the having a solid, you have your play-by-play guy, your analyst, maybe you have somebody that rotates in every now and then. But having a, or, a you know revolving door of, of announcers and, and analysts, it, it gets, you know, kind of wearing because you just don't get the same consistency from watching a game uh, from a night-to-night basis. Definitely. And that's been a critical, I I may just have to suck it up and get used to it because I've been critical about so many crews for having no consistency in their booth from one game to the next, but you're right. It kind of feels like the trend is going in that direction, you know, with a lot of these broadcasters. And and I'll tell you this too, and, and, you know, this might seem, you know, kind of on the surface when we talk about this, but it really is important, especially now I talked about this in the, in the, in the, the, the bonus video about the radio broadcast. When you're listening to a game on radio and you're trying to bet live, the way they convey the information is extremely important. 
because yeah. there's things that you can't obviously you're not watching it so so they have to paint the the, the perfect picture for you uh so from a betting standpoint and, and I, I honestly i really wouldn't recommend if, if you haven't been live betting a, a long time to, to do that that's an advanced thing like uh and honestly i've gotten more lucky with doing that but but in, even with watching a game television still just having someone that they're there for a reason to paint the picture for you you're seeing things but they catch things you don't see and and that is so important especially when we're talking about live betting just just you know seeing how a team is playing uh, so, so the, the broadcasters actually do play a more important role, I think, than just you know what you're hearing when you're watching the game. Yeah, definitely, that's an excellent point for sure. Boston, Montreal. I've got to mention this because that's the last game we haven't talked about. Uh, very, very physical game. It looked like it was the Canadians and Bruins rivalry. If you were worried about it, maybe you know weakening because of Montreal's current plight and them being one of the worst teams and Boston being so good, there's not much of a rivalry now because one team's good, the other isn't. That was put to rest last night, man. A lot of hard feelings, a lot of uh, anger, a lot of agitation. It really all got going with the hit on Bergeron, obviously by Rem Pitlick that uh, Jack Edwards, and it's again, sounded like he's slurring the whole time. Like I didn't even make, that didn't even make sense. What he said is like, if people, you don't yet, get to or like he was butchering that whole thing he was talking about with uh yeah. rem pitlick like uh, like i said there's there's some there's some enhancers going on in that booth i don't know what he's on there but it's got to be something because <laughs> he sounds like that too often like it's just like he's just like incoherent sometimes and just babbling and just slow to like stammering and slurring and just didn't sound right but it, the, the point of it was you don't pay to see rem pitlick you pay to right. see uh, patrice bergeron after that a uh, comment by uh, jack edwards but uh, yeah obviously brad marchand coming to his captain's defense no issue there uh, i know our a good friend jimmy murphy who might be joining us soon and andrew mcginnis our old colleague were sniping each other back and forth all night on twitter <laughs> regarding some of the events with Bob, Bob, jimmy murphy saying that rem pitlick deserves to get suspended and uh, andrew showing evidence of uh you know Pizzetta getting cross-checked from behind and no penalty there. It's a double standard and nice little back and forth there, a little uh, back and forth uh, affair with uh, Andrew and uh, Jimmy with that game. But, uh, yeah, it was a very cantankerous game, uh, which ends with predictably another Boston win. Uh, what else is new with that? Yeah, but, you know, and that's great to see. Like, that rivalry, you know, I, I feel like anybody younger than us, Ian, probably doesn't really grasp how great of a rivalry Bruins Habs is. Like, and obviously people way older than us totally know that 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 was just, uh, you know, the pinnacle. That was like Red Sox and Yankees for a long time. And so to see that kind of grit and animosity, because I feel like that's just been missing whenever those two teams play uh, since the last playoff series, which, I mean, it's been, what, over a decade now since they met in the postseason. So uh, it's good to, you know, good to see that kind of chip. It is, of course, like I said, yeah, uh, you know, Jimmy and Andrew being half fans and Bruins fans. So. Uh, always, always fun to see that as well. That the, the joshing back and forth. But, Jimmy swears uh, he's just a Bruins reporter, not a Bruins fan. But I know, I know. I know but there's a little, there's a little fan still, oh. still left in there. We, we, we know that. Yeah. So come on, <laughs> yeah. And I will ask him about that if he's, if he's, because he's, he's, Jimmy's busy. He's going to try to join us. He will sure, see if yeah. he can. But if not, uh, we'll get him next Friday. But yeah, next time he's on with us, either today or next week, we'll have to say, hey, Jimmy, hold on a second. You're, come on, you're a little bit of a Bruin fan. Come on, I know you're not just covering the team. You've got some loving your heart for the Boston Bruins deep down inside. Don't give me that nonsense. Uh, all right, uh, let's go wrap. Let's uh, move on to the uh, Friday card. We've got three games here uh, on tap tonight. We'll begin with the New York Islanders and the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Islanders minus 240 road favorites. Six was the total. 
there is still a couple of sixes out there, but most books have moved to six and a half here uh, with this total. I bet over six early, and thank goodness. Uh, I didn't know it was going to move necessarily, but I guess I should have known once Michael Hutchinson was confirmed in that for the Blue Jackets. It became a feeding frenzy to the over uh, here in uh, this game, not to mention the Islanders took some more money once that announcement was confirmed that Michael Hutchinson's in that. I think not just that, but also Patrick Lyonet out uh, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Triceps injury will be out for the next two to four weeks. You might as well say out for the season. I can't imagine him coming back, uh, you know, for a season where you're not going anywhere. So I, I have a feeling that's probably it. He'll get the, shut the down. The season's uh, over in four weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, ex- ex- that's 100% right. So six points, by the way, in the last three games uh, for uh, Lion A. He had, been, had actually been playing pretty well. Uh, for this Jackets team the last few games. So uh, no question, uh, they'll miss him without a doubt. There's going to be some shuffling uh, of the uh, deck chairs in the forward group as a result from the uh, Jackets tonight. Looks like Goudreau, Jenner, Marchenko might be worth a look because he's moving up to that right-wing top-line spot vacated by Patrick Lyonnais injury. Uh, Foodie, Roslovic, Johnson, the uh, second line. Uh, the New York Islanders right now uh, look impressive. Uh, against the uh, Leafs the other night. Uh, They really took advantage of a sloppy Toronto team, making some mistakes with the puck defensively. But don't take too much away from the Islanders. They still played a good game. They've won three in a row. Uh, They are 6-2 and in their last eight games. So they're doing what they need to do to make the playoffs. I mean, they're putting wins on the board. They're stacking points uh, game in and game out. That's what they need to be doing. They should take care of business tonight against the uh, Jackets. They've won six straight head-to-head. Uh, against Columbus, uh, including two games early, three games earlier this season, uh, no, two in November, one in December, all of those games victories for the New York Islanders. So I, I haven't decided if I'm going to like the regulation price, just not good enough. In my opinion here, you're talking uh, minus 134 in regulation at pinnacles, the best price you can get. I don't love that price. Maybe you can go first period puck line, perhaps plus 145 for a better price, but I did bet over six, and there are a couple sixes still out there. I'm just looking. Bet Rivers has six minus 122. Cool Bet has six minus 118. Unibet has uh, six minus 122. A lot of books have moved to six and a half, but there are a few stray sixes out there as far as the total for this game. And I do like this over the total. Uh, and I might uh, look toward a little Islanders here in the first period puck line as well. Uh, and maybe an Islanders team total. But uh, again, with the team total with the Islanders here, it's minus 145. Not a great price, but uh, I definitely could see them getting to four goals because you look at this Jackets team, uh, Alex, they give up six to Washington, seven to Vegas, seven to uh, Anaheim, four to L.A., five to San Jose, five to St. Louis, five to Pittsburgh, five to Ottawa, four to Seattle. Uh, it's been a while since the Jackets have allowed fewer than four goals to the opponents. So. Pretty good chance, I think, the Islanders get to four, making that team total uh, over three and a half worth a look as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Islanders, Blue Jackets? I mean, the only thing you could do is either go pregame with a team total in the Isles or or wait live for a five and a half, which I think a five and a half plus money we could wait for because, like, Roberta Flack asked, where's the love? I'm asking, where are the goals? I know Columbus's defense is awful, but with no Patrick Line, uh, it's going to be hard for them to score. The Islanders have only played in three games where the total is at six and a half. They've gone one and two. The one game that went over was against Vancouver, which, you know, they went over against everybody for a minute. Last time these two teams played with a six and a half total, two to one final for the Islanders. So I just don't see where the scoring comes right away in bunches. I think it comes later because, I mean, like I said, at some point Columbus's defense and goaltending will wear down. But 
it's just hard to look at a six and a half with the Islanders. I think we can wait and grab a five and a half at plus money, and I think that'll be a, a better spot. Maybe even a four and a half laying a price. I don't think we're going to get a goal scored here early, even with how bad Columbus is on the back end. And I think the Islanders will dictate the pace, which for the most part kind of means them wearing things down. I don't see them just boat racing Columbus unless there's just a ton of bad giveaways and breakaways, which we haven't seen from Columbus. Even though they've played bad, uh, you know, the the issues have been once plays are set up in front. We haven't seen just – a bunch of breakaways and odd man rushes given up. We haven't, you know, it hasn't been just fire wagon hockey, but it's just been sloppy defensive hockey. Those are two different things. So, uh, I w- if you six and a half, maybe take a shot with an under and try to catch a middle for an over end game. Uh, I don't do that too often, and, but that's something you could, that's an option you could look at. I'm going to wait for a live five and a half at plus money. Like, I'm saying big plus money, at least plus 120 or over, or even maybe wait for a four and a half, because I think the, the scoring will be a little slow to start, and the Islanders will wear them down and, and, and get the goals over time. So, like I said, there's a couple of options to go with, but they're mostly totals related. You can't go with a side because it's just such a high price in the Isles. Yeah, I do like, if you're going to bet someone for the Jackets, Marchenko, to score a goal or get a point, he'd be the one uh, to target. Johnny Gaudreau's gone over his shots on goal, by the way, I think four or five in a row, and he's going to have to shoot even more now without Lion A on his wing. So I could see him going over two and a half shots tonight uh, in this game. And there are a bunch of Islander props. I like goals and or points uh, here in this game tonight because I- I'd look at Simon Holmstrom. He's playing on the top line. He hasn't exactly been always clicking on that line with Lee and Horvat, but he finally scored against Toronto. He's still going to get top line uh, opportunity tonight. So his goal prop, point prop, I would consider that tonight for uh, Simon Holmstrom for the uh, Islanders. He's plus 740 at FanDuel to score, and he's on the top line. How on earth do you not uh, look at that in some degree? I mean, that's just some kind of uh, great price there. And then on the uh, second line, yes, Pierre Engvall, absolutely. Uh, he's been, now again, he was quiet the last game, but plus 310 to get a goal. Maybe his point prop, if it's posted, worth a look. And I'll throw a couple bargain bins out there at you on the Islanders too. Hudson Fashing, believe it or not, he used to be in the Buffalo organization for a bit. I think he's a Minnesota kid as well. But uh, Hudson Fashing has uh, been chipping in offensively lately. You can get plus 640, you know, with him to score a goal tonight. So there's some really, really appealing looks in terms of the goal props tonight. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, plus 350 to score a goal, and he's on a bit of a point streak right now for the Islanders. Points in four straight games for J.G. Pajot. So plus 112 for him to get a point tonight is probably a good bet because he's cashed cashed four in a row. Uh, He has scored a point for the uh, New York Islanders. So not a bad look there uh, for him uh, to find the uh, score sheet as well. I know there's people in our chat saying Noah Dobson, who's going to be on the top power play unit, which he usually is, and he did have a a two-point night. Uh, against uh, Toronto the other night, and he's gotten points in three straight games. I wouldn't say no to that either. Uh, Noah Dobson on a three-game point streak right now for the New York Islanders, and he's only minus 106 at FanDuel to get a point tonight. So, yeah, I wouldn't talk anyone out of that. Dobson, probably a good point prop look, and it might be a night to take a shot with some multiple Islanders props because everybody's been getting theirs lately uh, against this Columbus Blue Jackets team. Not only a struggling D, but Michael Hutchinson in net. Uh, as well. Like I said, they have not kept anybody below four goals in nine straight games, uh, this uh, Jackets team. We'll see if that trend continues tonight. All right, New Jersey-Buffalo. Devils minus 180 road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Um, This is one where I'd probably look more toward props than anything else. Um, Maybe the draw, but again, Buffalo's just gone 
fallen really on hard times here. These last two home games have been dreadful. I don't even know if I can trust Buffalo to be good enough at home in a desperation spot to get to overtime to bet the draw right now with what I've seen. They've been outscored by a football score in their last two games, a combined 14-3. to Their opponents with two touch with touchdowns against them, and they've had a lousy field goal. You know, that's about it against Boston and Nashville uh, in the last two home games. So it's not been pretty. They've gone over in four straight. I'd probably play that or nothing. Uh, six and a half over the total in this game with uh, the Devils and Sabres. I mean, Buffalo has been flying over the total. It looks like UPL uh, will be in net. Uh, it's been a disappointing run for him uh, lately in net. You look at his recent starts. He gave up the seven spot to Boston, four to Washington three to the Islanders, five to Boston, four to Washington, four to Toronto. He got pulled in that game. So UPL, Uko Pekalukunen has definitely had a bit of a rough stretch without uh, without a doubt in net lately for the Sabres. Vitek Vanacek is projected, although that is not confirmed as of uh, yet. Uh, as far as the Sabres go, Ma- uh, Matias Samuelson still out. That's a significant injury on the back end. That's actually one of the guys that does play a really sound defense in his own end, and you can tell they miss him. And it's, I don't think it's a coincidence either. The goals have been going in on Buffalo with him out of the lineup. It's just that important defensively in his own end for this uh, Buffalo Sabres team. Uh, New Jersey, of course, off the uh, game against uh, Minnesota the other night where they fell 2-1 to one, uh, in overtime. That buzzer beater breakaway goal uh, from Matt Boldy certainly made all of us excited on the uh, BetCast the other night uh, watching that uh, goal uh, transpire. Uh, so New Jersey looking to get back on the uh, win, in the win column. Uh, after that performance, it is worth noting these teams. This is the um, uh, second meeting this year. They only played back in November uh, on November 25th. New Jersey won three to one here in Buffalo. New Jersey probably does win this game, but I'm not going to lay a buck 80. I'm going to look like I say more towards some uh, props here in this game uh, more than anything else. I think if you're going to look at props on the uh, New Jersey side, uh, it's worth noting Timo Meyer is averaging almost five shots on goal. And over three and a half shots has to be part of your repertoire right now. Like he is shooting the puck a lot for this Devils team. Uh, And uh, I think getting more and more comfortable as well. He has uh, five points in the last four games for the uh, Devils. Like I say, he's shooting the puck from everywhere. He's gone over his shot prop three and a half in four straight games. I like the over shots prop here for a Timo Meyer tonight for the uh, New Jersey uh, Devils. Uh, as far as other props, you know, our guy, we talked about him all, for weeks and weeks and weeks, Dawson Mercer. He's finally cooled off. He's on a three-game streak without a point after that incredible uh, point streak that he had uh, recently. Uh, but I'll tell you what, even though he's cooled off, others heating up for this uh, Devils team, including Jesper Bratt with four points uh, in the uh, last two games. So uh, those are, are two guys that definitely stand out here in terms of who's the hottest players at the moment in terms of offensive form for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Jesper Bratt's probably right up there uh, for them, as well as, of course, Timo Meyer for the uh, New Jersey Devils as well. Uh, what I would do is probably, because both of those guys, their point prop is over minus 150, do a little SGP uh, point parlay prop with the two of them, Meyer and Bratt, uh, turn it into a small small plus price. I definitely think that's not a bad uh, consideration here uh, for this Devils and Sabres game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, New Jersey and Buffalo? You know, it's, it's tough because I would like to go first period over in this game. But, you know, New Jersey actually has gone under in four straight uh, first periods. They've been playing kind of this low and slow hockey. Like I said, if Buffalo was in better form, I'd be all over this draw. But I just don't see where Buffalo can hang around and compete for a 60 right now. The mark of a, of a true winning team is being able to beat losing teams. New Jersey 23-5, and five, uh, their last 
28 against teams with a losing record. Give me New Jersey in regulation minus $1.25. All right, New Jersey in regulation for uh, Alex here. Devils to win in 60 minutes uh, over the struggling uh, Buffalo Sabres. All right, we got one more game to go. 144 live viewers on YouTube. We appreciate you tuning in. Hit the like button and shout out to our podcast listeners as well. Back to talk a little Arizona, Colorado right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back, and we got one more game to go on this uh, small Friday card. It is Arizona and Colorado. Uh, the Avalanche minus 430 home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, Colorado, uh, after a uh, – that, that was just a game where Pittsburgh wanted it more and looked like the team that wanted it more the other night. I mean, that would, they got outplayed Colorado. That does not happen a lot, especially to Colorado at home. So your first thought is after the 5-2 loss to Pittsburgh, on Wednesday night, they're going to play a lot better tonight, put the boots to this Arizona team, right? You you would think that uh, going into this game off the loss against uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, I'm not so sure about that because they lost at home to L.A. back on March the 9th. And it was actually the last game they lost prior to the Pittsburgh game. And guess who they faced after that L.A. loss at home? Arizona at home. Do you know what that game was? 3-2 in overtime for Colorado. They didn't bounce back to the extent of destroying this Arizona team and crushing them under their boot. You know, it didn't happen after that loss to L.A. And you look at the Coyotes here, four and two in their last six games. So far on this two-game road trip, competitive in defeat. They were a thorn in the side of Winnipeg, hung around, hung around, lost two to one, took Edmonton to overtime on TNT uh, on Wednesday night, lost 4-3 to the Oilers in OT, a game that they were up 3-2, and the Oilers actually had to get a Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal to tie that game at three uh, in the third period. So Arizona's a feisty team. I'm taking the draw here. I'm putting at least something on the draw uh, in this game with Arizona. This is my draw game of the night right here. Uh, Arizona's effort has been commendable. I'm not saying Colorado's got a mini Tampa thing going where, you know, they want to win, but it's not like they're putting pedal to the metal every single night to win. You know, and especially when they're playing a team like the Arizona Coyotes. And even if Colorado, you know, is coming out guns blazing here, looking to play a, a strong hockey game, do you see this track record of them them versus Arizona head-to-head? Nothing's been easy for the Avalanche. Going back to February of last year, Arizona beat them here in Denver in a shootout at 3-2 as plus 420 dogs. Arizona beat them at home 2-1 to in March last year. This season, Arizona won 6-3 to in December at home against Colorado. And then that meeting I talked about a couple of weeks ago, 
Colorado just barely winning three to two in overtime here in Denver. Arizona has not made it easy on Colorado for whatever reason. I can't explain it. You would think there'd be at least some games with Colorado where they'd be, you know, drilling this team and just the uh, talent edge and it would just show. Uh, but it hasn't happened here uh, in the uh, recent at dead games. And I like the spunk we're seeing from Arizona. You know, I like what I'm seeing from Barrett Hayton, who I'm going to be betting his point prop. You know it. Once again tonight, uh, it's just you ride that sucker until it stops cashing at this point. Barrett Hayton uh, to get a point is only minus 104 at FanDuel, minus 105 at BetMGM. Barely even money for Barrett Hayton to get that point, to keep that point streak going. Nine straight games with a point for him tonight. Uh, Clayton Keller's on his a 10-game point streak as well. Unfortunately, his point props up at minus 200, but you don't get the value with that one. But with Barrett Hayton, you do at minus 105. So uh, I'm definitely going to be on that point prop once again. Nick Schmaltz to get a point is probably worth a look. He's back in the lineup again. He's gotten a point for Arizona in eight of the last 10 games. It's only minus 130 uh, for him to get a point. I think for Colorado, you look at the lineup. I do want to point out Kale McCarr is back tonight for Colorado. He didn't play it Wednesday night, and that means the Bowen Byram experiment for me is over. You know, we've talked about Bowen Byram point props because he's playing the number one power play now for Colorado with McCarr out. Well, now with McCarr back, Bowen Byram slips down into the second D pair and he's not getting the number one power play unit anymore. So his usage goes down, uh, obviously, a little bit in, in those key situations uh, with Kale McCarr back in the lineup. Uh, yeah, Valamaki, the defenseman for Arizona, Michelli who, believe it or not, is a dark horse in the Calder race. This guy is just, his passing is exceptional, you know, and he's an assist machine for the Arizona Coyotes, Matias Michelli, and he's been racking up assists, racking up points lately. I say the assist and the point prop for Michelli is probably another uh, decent option tonight, plus 120 to get a point, plus 170 to get an assist. Uh, if Arizona's going to do anything offensively, you know, you're going to have to look at him being a part of it for sure. Uh, Matias Michelli on the uh, Colorado side, um, you know, ranting in to score a goal and is almost automatic. He's been terrific lately. McKinnon keeps going over his shots on goal prop and Arizona still does give up a lot of shots. So uh, Nate McKinnon over his shot prop makes some sense. I think big Val Nachushkin over shots on goal. That is the one thing you may look at still, uh, even if this is not an easy game for Colorado, that they can pile up the shot count against this Arizona team. Like so many uh, other teams do. Uh, but as far as their props, I'm not going to shy away from Malgin. Dennis Malgin, I think, is still a good prop tonight to score. He's on the top line now with McKinnon and Rantanen with uh, Lekkonen out. That's who they. That's who Jared Bednar has opted to put on the uh, top line. I, I still think at some point he's going to find the back of the net playing with those two guys. Uh, so Dennis Malgin to get a point, which is around even money, and a plus 300 in a lot of books to score a goal for Dennis Malgin tonight as well for Colorado. I'm definitely not going to shy away from that, even though uh, he didn't find the back of the net against Pittsburgh. Uh, probably a better chance of that happening here tonight. Uh, and here's someone that you might want to look at too, all of a sudden heating up a little bit for the uh, Colorado Avalanche just in recent games. Once again, now that he's centering the second line with Big Val and Newhook, and that's JT Comfer. Four points in the last three games. He scored one of their two goals against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins on Wednesday night. His point prop, you know, minus 152. It's a little more pricey, but it's still not bad. Four goals in the four points, I should say, in the last three games. And he could sprinkle on the goal prop, too, uh, at plus 260 uh, for Comfer as well in this game. So it's a nice prop game, but I'm going to look at the draw here. And the draw, as you would expect, is a one hell of a great price, plus 460 at Pinnacle. 
uh, for the draw here in this game. I'm not passing up that price. I'm not passing up those odds. When they just played an overtime game in Denver, these two teams a couple weeks ago, and Colorado has a repeated track record recently of having a tough time and and Arizona being a tough out for them. Uh, What do you think here, Alex? Coyotes, Avs. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that draw. I grabbed it at plus 455 this morning and said Arizona's been a, a feisty team. And we've seen this from Colorado. It, it's not on the level of like a Toronto where Toronto would just outright get housed like 4-2 or 5-2 by some bad team. But Colorado, they don't make it easy. They, they draw things out against uh, the Arizonas and Anaheims of the world at times. And, and this definitely seems like it could be one of those flat spots where they end up winning the game, but it's going to be an overtime or even a shootout. Uh, I just don't see where – like I said, they put the screws to them, and they've done well against Arizona uh, at home. You know, they had a great track record. But like I said, they haven't made it made it easy. Four of the last six meetings have gone uh, have been decided by one goal, with three of those four being uh, games going past regulation. So, at that big of a price, it's definitely worth a flyer to take a shot uh, on, on the draw. Not really looking at anything player prop wise or or even a total here, because I can see us being. It could go from being a low-scoring game that goes OT or, or a big back-and-forth battle, especially if Arizona could jump out to a lead. We know that'll get Colorado's offense activated. So either way, I see the goals traded back and forth to the point where at least it goes past 60 minutes. That's right. And, yeah, Arizona, that's funny. I was on the air with uh, Marenzi uh, Wednesday night uh, for his show. I always do it on Wednesday nights, uh, midnight. He was on Arizona plus that same bet, Perlo, uh, Arizona plus two-and-a-half puck line against Edmonton. Mm-hmm on uh, Wednesday night. That's a good way to bet Arizona right now. Yeah. I've got no issues with that. Uh, plus two and a half. You know, you could bet plus one and a half at plus 140, but if you want even more security with that, uh, plus two and a half, and, and plus two and a half, by the way, minus 150. That's not a terrible price. It's not, it's not bad at all. For plus two and a half goals in your back pocket so that they yeah. need to lose by three to lose that bet, it's worth it almost to lay a buck like, 50 on that. In, in comparison, if, if a game was around even, let's say, you know, minus 130 plus 110, two and a half, you'd be talking about laying four, you know, almost $5. So, yeah, that's actually really good value for two and a half. Yeah, so definitely a plus a two and a half. Uh, it's not a bad option if you like uh, Arizona here in this game. Karel Vamelka and Alexander uh, Georgiev, by the way, confirmed goaltender matchup here for this game tonight with uh, Arizona. A uh, couple, couple of mid-range goaltenders. Uh, yeah, De- well, I, Vimelka, just, I had to say that. I had to say it because yeah. Pearl is in the Pearl, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I gotta say though, Georgiev's given Colorado a lot more than I thought he would. No, he's he definitely. Has. He, this has been his best been. season in the NHL. It's not even close. Yeah, uh, it's been really, really solid for him. But there's still that element of pressure of the playoffs. Can he can he play at a high level still? That's that's what we wait on for uh, Mr. Georgiev once the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs begin uh, in a few weeks. All right, there you go. That's the Friday card. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. As always, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Check out patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Uh, again, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, the daily Ice Guys show betting card, uh, bonus content, and more. Check it out, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Uh, and a reminder, too, I put it in the YouTube description of today's uh, episode, yep. the playoff box giveaway. Uh, make sure you uh, present it by Gramco. Uh, make sure you sign up. Fill out the form, and you're going to have a chance to win with that. So uh, don't forget about that, and we'll be giving out the uh, w- announcing the winners of that contest on the final Saturday of the regular season, which will be in two weeks, Saturday, April the 8th. Uh, so make yeah. sure you get in on that playoff box giveaway, courtesy of Gramco.
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're supposed to have a, a graphic and everything for it, but there's been a, a big holdup with some technical issues over there. But the form is still fine. You can sign up for that. Like I said, the form link is in the description. You can also follow our link tree page. It's on. It's tagged on the top of our Twitter page at the underscore ice guys. Fill that out. Get that in before April seventh at midnight. And like I said, on April eighth, we will announce it's going to be six winners. You're going to have five people win ten dollar gift cards to use at thegramco.com, and one person is going to get this great box that has gummies it's got pre-rolls and it's got uh, a two gram disposable vape and it'll get to your house just in time before the stanley cup playoffs start so definitely check that out and big thanks to gramco for uh helping us with this this uh contest yeah no question about that we thank them for that and uh get in on the action get in on the fun the playoff box giveaway from gramco all right we got best bets to wrap up the show in just a moment right after we hear from another great sponsor manscaped Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at manscape.com so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we're back, and we are ready for the ice, guys. Just before we get to best bets, uh, just some news about the Vegas Golden Knights. Bad news for them on the injury front. Uh, Logan Thompson will be day-to-day and will miss Saturday's game. Uh, Riley Smith got hurt, or something happened toward the end of that game, and he's going to be out uh, day-to-day as well. And uh, Alec Martinez, personal reasons, has left the team right oh. now. So, holy mackerel, we've got tons of uh, news there with the Golden Knights. None of it good. Uh, injuries to Logan Thompson. Uh, and Riley Smith, although it doesn't seem severe, it seems like it's more day-to-day, but both of them out at least for a game or two. Riley, and Riley Smith, we know, was on that crazy point streak that got snapped last night uh, against Calgary. And, of course, Logan Thompson left that game quick and to take over. And Alec Martinez, personal matters, family reasons, has left the team. So, uh, yeah, there you go. So, Vegas, uh, keep an eye on that going into this yeah. weekend. A little shorthanded they'll be. And Edmonton uh, right now, I bet online minus a dollar seventy for that game tomorrow against uh, Vegas. So that, we might see that number be a, a little bit higher probably come uh, towards tomorrow. It might, and it's already been a successful road trip too for Vegas. Uh, they beat Calgary, they beat Vancouver. Not that they're, they're obviously going to be excited to play Edmonton. You know, it's a good bat testing ground for them, but uh, still, uh, 
definitely going to be a little bit tougher now with uh, the artillery that they have out of the lineup. All right, best bets uh, to wrap it up for this Friday. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? JTAG, sir, in the comments saying that my best bet would be for me to have a draw. Not so fast, my friend. I'm actually going with the New Jersey Devils in regulation to get the win minus $1.25 against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, New Jersey, they've been beating bad teams. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a good team. 23-5 and five, the last 28 against the teams of the losing record. Buffalo's just in shambles right now, even though they're at home. I, I still think the Devils put a good road effort within 60, and they get the job done. So let's go New Jersey, minus $1.25 in regulation. That's my best bet for the short Friday night. All right, New Jersey in regulation, minus 125 against Buffalo. Proof that he does not like the draw in every single game. Uh, Alex <laughs> be Smith right there for his uh, Friday uh, best bet. Uh, my best bet, uh, because there are sixes still out there, uh, I'm going to rock with that Islanders jackets uh, over six minus 120 uh, is still out there at a couple books, including cool bet minus 122 at bet rivers for over six. Make sure you get the six if you can, because you never know. I mean, you know, Columbus scoring against the Islanders is they could, maybe they don't, it could go either way with that, but I do think the Islanders will score a bunch. I could have made the Islanders team total over three and a half, which I uh, bet as well, the best bet, but I'm going to go with that full game over here over six, uh, minus 120, minus 122, Islanders Blue Jackets. I think it goes over that total. All right, that'll be my best bet. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. And again, we got a huge, huge Saturday show tomorrow. As always, noon Eastern, a big Saturday slate. Joined, as always, by our Saturday contributor, Kevin Beach, uh, on the show. Uh, looking forward to that. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live uh, seven days a week, Monday to Friday, Watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. Don't forget about the Frozen Four. Uh, it's on right now as well. Keep an eye on that stuff as well. The Sweet 16 college basketball lots going on on a friday night enjoy all of it and we will be back with you tomorrow on saturday for a marathon edition and a massive saturday nhl card coming your way tomorrow on the ice guys presented by national hockey now 